Constable, you just come in off duty on your horse. What exactly were you doing? Well, today, uh, my colleague and myself were searching the grounds of, um, or some of the part of the grounds of Chiswick, which is on T Division, searching for a suspect who recently has committed um, a number of indecent assaults on young females. And our job was to patrol the grounds which are rather difficult for the ordinary foot duty or chaps and panda cars to get to. It's much easier, it's much more accessible on horseback, i.e. cross-country um, along the side of the towpath where a vehicle won't go. So that's what we've been doing today. But unfortunately, we didn't find the suspect, but we should be out there again tomorrow. The mounted police have got a motto, they always get their man, and we're going to make sure we get him. So that's one of the cases, Constable, really, where a horse is much more useful than a car or any other kind of modern transport. That's right. It's much more adaptable. It can go across country. And the position that you are in the saddle, um, you're up sort of eight feet in the air. You can look over the backs of fences, um, things like this. You know, you've got a very good vantage point, which is very, very useful. Um, uh, this chap we know is a white chap, um, runs around in a tracksuit. We've got a very, very good description, and, and the offences that have committed uh, bloody terrible, I must admit, terrible to young children and to these young women. And this makes us even more determined that we're going to get him. Police officer Bob Price just back at the Hammersmith station here in London after his stint of duty. He's one of the mounted branch that patrols parks, helps to regulate processions, ceremonial occasions and large gatherings. Horses, of course, remind one of the forge, once a focal point in village life in Ireland, but now almost a thing of the past. And if Michael Curtis had remained in his native West Clare, it's unlikely that he would now be working as a blacksmith, the trade he practised back home. But, ironically, he's doing so here in London, where he shoes horses for the Metropolitan Police at Hammersmith. How many nails might you go into the shoe? Well, uh, seven in, in most of them. In the very small ones, your small feet, uh, six. But seven in most of the average-sized horses, you know, medium and, and large. How long about now will these shoes last? That will last four weeks plus, you know, uh, possibly two or three days or roughly about that. And uh, he'll have to come back and get the same, same thing done again. They do roughly, uh, well, three hours a day on the, on the street. And uh, it takes uh, some wearing, you know. Uh, they very rarely go on the soft, except you know, that they... Uh, they might be ordered to uh, do duty in the park, you know, where uh, something would be happening. Well, these horses then would be moving most of the time, would they? You know, when they're on duty, they don't stand in the one place. Oh, no, no. When they're out on duty, they, they walk all the time. So in, in a, in a three-hour stretch, that could cover 15-plus miles. Well, do you have to shoe all the horses in the city of London, all the police horses? No, uh... Could I show you for a minute uh, what I cover? Uh, central London. Central London, I cover 
there's Hammersmith, uh, Scotland Yard, Rochester Row, Hyde Park, Wandsworth, Tooting, Richmond, West Hendon, and West Hampstead. Well, are any of these horses on duty now when the Queen makes her appearance? Oh, they'll... they'll uh, and the trooping of the colour. Yeah. Oh, a lot of those horses th- will be on duty on that day. And a lot of uh, Metropolitan Police horses are used for the senior officers and uh, colonels that, that, that ride uh, quite close to the Queen, you know. Uh, actually, uh, I do the Queen's horse here, as you know. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. Yes, it comes here. Uh, uh, Burmese is, is its name. And I also shoot the horse that the Duke of Edinburgh rides, Bachelor Gear. You know, he rides side by side with the Queen and the trooping. from uh, County Clare, as you know, uh, midway between Kilrush and Kilkee. What's the name of the place, Michael? Uh, it's a place called Shra. It's H-R-A-G-H. Uh, it's, uh, well, it's a little townland, you know. And, and uh, I went to school there and after school, I uh, I went to my apprenticeship uh, back in uh, Mobian. Mobian. Beyond. Uh, that's near Carrigaholt. Carrigaholt, yes. Uh, between between uh, Kilkee and Carrigaholt, actually midway. To to um, a farrier by the name of uh, Patrick McNamara. But in those days, no, you didn't call him a farrier. No, no, he was just a blacksmith. Uh, you had to be, at that time, you had to be uh, both. You had to be a, a farrier and a blacksmith. But you, you, usually they were general black, but they call them general blacksmiths. Because for the simple reason, when the farmer brought his horse for shoeing, he also brought uh, the fire machinery, the ploughs and the gates and uh, the harrows, uh, at different times of the year, you know, you got the ploughs in the spring, uh, the harrows, and uh, later on, then you got the mowing machines in the in the when they came to the hay time, and uh, potato diggers then in the harvest. You know, every season had its own uh, farm machinery, kind of thing. So of course, uh, you had to be a general blacksmith. Well, then that's about 30 years ago you said goodbye to all that and you came over to England. Yes, yes. Uh, 
well, I, I was making up my mind before I came, but I could see that the horse was uh, fading out in Ireland. And really, if I had stayed there and, and did start off, I doubt very much if I could uh, have made a go of it, you know. Uh, you'd obviously uh, have to have a, a very well set up shop, you know, you'd, ha you'd need a welder, uh, you'd need uh, a good grinder, uh, all, the, all the gear to cope with uh, tractors and, and uh, mechanism. And the, 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 horse, the, the horse would fill in, but I think uh, you'd have to be able to cope with uh, mechanism more than anything else. But then, when you left that and came over here, did you continue at that kind of work? No, unfortunately, I didn't. Uh, I, I did. I was, I was working in a, in a, in a forge. I, I've always worked in a forge. Uh, I was doing uh, tools. Uh, I was working for a for a firm that used to work for MacAlpines and general work on tools. And after that, then I stayed there for. A while, and then I moved to another shop where we did ornamental ironwork. And I, I wasn't really happy uh, doing the general work. I, I like to get back to the horses again. I miss the horses uh, for some reason or another. And uh, this vacancy came up here in Hammersmith, and uh, a chap told me about it, and I applied, and uh, I was taken on. How many years ago was that, Michael? Now. That was uh, in 1959, roughly about uh, 21 years ago. Well, you're 21 years now showing police horses. Yes, indeed. And uh, I hope uh, to retire on that, you know. <laughs> I have about uh, five or six years more to do. Sergeant, where are you taking the horse now? To West Hampstead. And what are you going to do with it? Stable it up with his exercise for the day. It's just shoeing. And tomorrow then we'll be back on duty? Yeah, tomorrow will be on duty. And, we, and uh, Saturday will be on football. Sunday demonstration. And normal duty we patrol Hampstead Heath. Yeah, well, wh what is the toughest kind of duty now on a horse? Will it be after a football match? Well, my horse, the toughest duty is crowd control because it doesn't like the crowds but uh, a lot of people don't like gaining in traffic. Well, um, say when there's a demo or that, is it hard to uh, manage the horse? Do people attack it or throw things at it? They generally throw things at us more than the horse. <laughs> so we're a bigger target. But, uh, yeah, it's been known. We don't worry about it that much. Now, do you find that the horse is useful in traffic? I mean, is it better to say now than a police car? In traffic, no, definitely not. In crowds, it uh, can't be beaten. But in traffic, it's uh, we don't control the traffic with them. Well, in the crowd, now, well, there's a demonstration of that, or after a football match where there's a rowdy crowd, uh, do the people find it intimidating if you're on the horse? Is oh, that yes. part of the idea? Oh, yeah. We work about 20 foot duty. Yeah? Yeah. It's uh, a frightening sight. We'll go in and split the crowd up and stop any trouble. How many horses now, how many horse police will you normally have uh, regulating a crowd at a football match? Usually one sergeant and ten PCs. If it's a big match, we'll have one inspector, two sergeant and twenty PCs. 
and there are 200 horses in London. Uh, before you became a sergeant, uh, what would I call you, a horse police sergeant, um, were you interested in horses? I was here at Hammersmith before I was a sergeant for about two and a half years on the um, <clears throat> just normal mounted PC, but not before I joined the job, no. Well, do you find that more interesting now than ordinary police work? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't go back. No. We like our job. Yeah. Well, did it take you long to train? We, uh, six we months. Six months. You have to do at least two years foot duty before you can specialise. And then you do six months in the court, our training centre. Now, what kind of qualities do you look for in a horse that's going to do police work? Well, it needs to have good, strong legs, sturdy build, so that it's going to last us a few years. And in their training, they need to show good temperament. And does it need to be a relaxed kind of horse? Oh, yeah, we don't want flighty ones, so, but uh, sturdy old stamp of a horse is what we want. Well, do the crowds now frighten the horse? Does it ever feel like running away? They do this one, yeah. This one doesn't like the crowds. It terrifies it. What do you do then? You're up on the horse and it gets terrified. You just ride away? No, it just spins and you turn it round and put it back in again and it will spin out again. And you just persevere. Um, it clears the crowd. <laughs> are the horses ever injured now during demonstrations or riots or that? Well, I've not known it in uh, what, four years. But they have been in the past. Yeah. How many horses roughly would be used by the police in the whole... In the whole of London, London. 200. 200. And that's a, a lot bigger than any other police force. I think the next one's about 20. Liverpool or something like that. Well, is Britain now one of the few countries where horses are still used by the police? Britain? Oh, yes, yeah. yeah. As, as far as I know, the continent has stopped it. And I think Canada only use them for ceremonial occasions. Are you ever then on duty during, say, the, the troop, you know, the colours, or any of those kind of yes, official we, we all we all turn out for that. Yeah. Is that a kind of a special occasion for you? Yeah, we have to clean our kit. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it the horses always remain so still, you know, for quite an hour or so? They, they don't move. They know there's something being done like that. Yeah, they're, they're pretty well trained. They're, they get used to it uh, over a number of years. And uh, a lot of them are glad to get the rest, you know, to relax when they get in. Uh, mind you, they're not all like that. Uh, you, you can get the, the impatient ones. And uh, usually the younger ones are uh, a little bit apprehensive. Uh, when there's something, if there's something passing the door, or uh, you make some sudden noise, you have to, you have to be careful. But on the whole, uh, they're all pretty well behaved.
joined the Metropolitan Police in 1973, and I joined the Mounted Branch of the Metropolitan Police in 1976. Was there any particular reason that you joined the Mounted Police? Well, I was an ordinary police officer on the street, driving panda cars and everything associated with normal police duty. And um, having done my two years on probation and passed my final exams, it comes a time when you've got to make a decision what you want to do, whether you want to specialise, as it were. So I thought, um, having seen and worked with the Mounted Branch on a lot of times as a foot duty officer, and I was very impressed with what I saw, I decided that um, I'd like to become a member. And I applied, and I went on the selection board, and I was successful. Thank, thank had you any interest in horses before that? Um, not a great deal, no. I, I hadn't ridden in civilian life at all. Um, I'd always liked horses, but uh, I'd never ridden before. The, the police taught me everything I know about horses. Well, is there any particular kind of work you do now uh, with the, uh, the horse? I mean, are the assignments varied? They are, yes, many and varied, especially here at Hammersmith. Um, we do anything from football matches, which is our bread and butter stuff, um, ceremonials. I've just come back this morning from escorting the household cavalry on the change of the guard. Um, and as I say, we do demonstrations, marches, ceremonials, football matches, uh, many, many things. But is it hard work? Um, physically, yes, I'd, I'd say. Um, for, a, for a young bloke coming into the mounted branch at first, it's a bit tough because working with horses is, is physical, not only the riding aspect, but of course the stable management side of, of it as well. Um, we have to muck horses out and... Uh, throw water around and, and grooming and all sorts of things, you know, it, it can be hard. Mentally, um, no, not really, it's, it's just it's just like being a normal police officer on the street except that you've got a horse under you, you know, you've got to be, um, you've got to think on the street regarding traffic, you know. Except, so to speak, you can sit on the job. Right, you can, but you can't just sit down and close your eyes because riding an animal on the street, you, you must realise that it is an animal and we're on the streets of London and we've got all the buses and the taxis and some, most drivers are considerate but you get some silly drivers, you know, and you've, you've, got, you've got to be constantly thinking ahead and about what, what's coming up and what the animal's going to do next, you know, so you're ready to compensate for it. During a demo now, does it sometimes happen that people fire things at the horse or poke him or hit him or that? It has happened, yeah, people do do silly things like that. Um, and of course, you must have heard of the marbles and darts and things like that, which people sometimes use, and I've seen used on a couple of occasions. But um, generally, I would say a lot of people are, are animal lovers, you know, and horse lovers especially, and I, I don't really see too much violence towards the actual animal, as, as the sergeant said earlier on. It's more directed at the police officer, I would think, really, as to more than the animal. They're more sympathetic towards the horses than they are to us, so let's put it that way. I say, Constable, what would your duty consist of now on a normal day? <coughs> on a normal day, I'd start... We, do, we, we work three shifts here. We work um, uh, 7 o'clock in the morning till 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, and 9 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and at 2 o'clock in the afternoon till 10 in the evening. Um, a normal early, what we call an early shift, which is 7 to 3, would consist of um, coming in at 7 o'clock, um, feeding the horses first, um, checking to see that everything's OK, um, and we'd leave them alone for 15 minutes or so while they ate their food. And then we'd come down and we'd muck them out, which means um, getting all the dirty bedding out from the night before and throwing it into the skip outside. Um, and we'd uh, water the horses, um, change the water, that is. We'd wash out the stable and then we'd groom. And we'd probably have some breakfast after that. And then uh, at about 10 o'clock, half past 10, we'd go out on patrol. And we're allotted a patrol area and for three hours we're out on our horses doing the normal job of a police officer. 
After that, we come in and, uh, of course, a lot of time is spent on kit and the animal itself. You know, obviously, you've got to look smart, and saddlery takes a lot of look after. Um, it pays to keep your kit smart and supple because um, out there on the street, your kit can save your life. If you've got dirty kit, I mean, we joked about it earlier on, but if, you've, if you keep your kit dry, the reins can snap and all sorts of things. You know, I mean, uh, you've, got to, um, you've got to really look after your kit. And the rest of the time is spent really grooming the animal, looking after the kit, and... Um, you know, making yourself presentable. So it's your responsibility as well to look after the horse. Of well course, yeah, yeah. Oh, I should add, is, of course, we've got reports to write up, obviously what happens out on the street, you know, whatever we have to come across and things like that. But it's, it's comp your issue with the horse and that horse is down to you. And, um, but are the hours of duty then the same as for that of a policeman on foot? Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, well, we all do eight hours a day, yeah, yeah. Except, so obviously, there is uh, some overtime now and again when uh, we go on demonstrations or football matches and things, but... Um, throughout the police service, it's uh, eight hours a day. Yeah. And your pay is the very same too. Oh yes, yeah. We we are normal police officers. So it's just that we're, we we've got all the rights, privileges, and duties of a normal police officer. But the fact is that we're specialists and we work with horses. But it no way deters from the fact that we are police officers first. You know? Well, you look more impressive in public. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Does a police horse now need any special qualities? Uh, well, it helps a lot. It, it helps a lot if he's along those lines. A good, good bone. A uh, good bit of substance there. You know, the lighter horse, he's all right for a few years until he gets about twelve or thirteen, and then the feet starts starts to go on him. Because being on the hard roads all the time, it doesn't help the feet. And if, if they've got very light bone, uh, like uh, the racehorse type, they're not, they're not a good police horse. They don't make a good police horse. They don't last. This, this type of horse, or even heavier, is a better horse to last. There's a man now, Michael, who has spent many years putting shoes in horses. Did you ever do any riding yourself? <laughs> well, quite frankly, uh, I, haven't, I haven't ever done a lot of riding, no. Uh, you know what it is at home. Uh, you, you jump up on a horse, probably without a saddle or anything, and uh, have a bit of a, a, bit of a canter along, along the field and possibly jump over a fence and, and, and uh, come off in the process. And that, that's about a lot of it. Uh, in my time, you know, uh, possibly earlier on, before before I was able to ride, uh, they used to do quite a bit of it. There was a lot of uh, riding done uh, in parts of different parts of the county. Uh, possibly East Clare, you got the you get the you get the hunts here and there, and of course, you know, in Galway, you got the Galway Blazers. But we never uh, got to that uh, 
breed kind of thing. You know. What's that, Michael, you're putting on the hooves now? It's uh, Neatsfoot, Neatsfoot Isle. It's, uh, it's, it's supposed to be a good isle, but, but uh, it's, not, it's not as good as uh, Cod uh, Liver Isle. Back, that's the boy. It's, um, it, it, after shoeing, it uh, keeps the foot, uh, it keep, gets the isle back on the foot again. You know, you lose a lot of horn when you, when you finish off and you, you rub the, the foot. And uh, this gets, keeps the oil back on the foot again. He knows he's finished now. Yeah, he, he's, he's rather anxious to get away. Well, when will uh, he be back on duty now again? Well, he's, he won't do any more uh, duty today now because he's come from West Hampstead. <coughs> Hampstead Heat, I don't know if you know that place. It's yeah. quite near the heat. So he, uh, when he gets back now, he'll, uh, he'll have his dinner, and uh, that'll be his lot for today. He's done his stint. But he'll be back on, on the streets again tomorrow, and every day until he's shoeing again. That'll be in about a month's time. A month's time. He's well, they seem to have enjoyed the session here, Michael. Ah, oh, they do. They, they do. They're, I suppose maybe some of them look forward to it. <laughs> it's a bit of a break. And if I've got, if I've got anything for them, you see, they... they they expect something. Come on. And, uh, I usually, if I've got anything left, uh, like a, an apple or something, I, I give them a bit of it, especially if they come a long distance. Why? I don't know. It's uh, something I'd always wanted to do, you know, as a child. My father used to bring us up to, uh, before the war, my father used to bring us up to uh, London to watch the change of the guard. He used to walk all over the West End. Uh, I probably got it in my blood then. It wasn't uh, that you had any particular interest in horses? No, no, none at all. No, I just wanted to... I liked the, uh, the colour and all that sort of thing. The, um, it looked exciting to me. It wasn't all that exciting. It was uh, hard work when I, f I found <laughs> when I did join. Do you still get any excitement out of it now? Out of this job? Um, I get fright, uh, more frightened than excited, I think, with some of the horses we have to ride and the traffic conditions out there. When you've got a 20-ton a lorry up your backside, it, uh, it gets a bit uh, fraught, you know. It's like cocking your leg over a barrel of dynamite uh, when you um, mount one of these horses and take it down to the streets of uh, London these days. It's getting worse. It's not getting any better. Have you any favourite kind of duty? I like patrolling. Yeah, I like doing a three-hour patrol, especially in weather like it has been today. You know, nice spring weather. Going out as far as I can, sort of coming in a different way. You just keep riding rather on. Than, rather than sticking to a 
any particular area. I like to go wander around. But uh, when you wander out there on the horse, uh, what kind of duty are you doing? What are you looking out for? Well, uh, you're, you're a policeman first and a mounted policeman next. You're, you have to uh, be prepared to um, do anything that uh, the normal foot policeman uh, has to do, like uh, deal with accidents. Uh, well, anything. You can turn uh, a corner and you could walk into anything. But would you not be much quicker in the panda? No, no way. No, we we can toddle along the uh, footway if we uh, have to. We can get around through traffic uh, if we have to. I think it's much, much more pleasant way of doing it. Uh, I'm a strictly anti-infernal combustion engine type of person. I'd much rather have horse. Have a horse under me. Uh, what will you do tomorrow? Uh, early turn tomorrow. I shall do more or less what I've done today, except that my horse is in. Sh for shoeing. Michael will be shoeing the horse tomorrow at 9.30. Uh, I should probably go out about quarter to 11 and uh, come in at 1 o'clock having... Don't know, I could have... Uh, anything can happen tomorrow. Well, in those days now in the forge in Kidmorveen, uh, it is very different to here in Hammersmith, that you had uh, people would congregate there in the evenings. You'd always have a few people in for a chat in there, I suppose. Oh, yes, it was. Uh, you always, especially in the wet day, the, the farmer came to the forge, and uh, if he didn't come himself, he'd send the boy. And uh, you always got three or four having a good chat, and, and uh, you got all the gossip that was going on, uh, who was dying, who was getting married, and who was, what girl was going with such a fella, and, uh, you know... You, they were as good as reporters. You, you were never behind in the news. Yeah, it was very good in that respect. goes back to the early 70s I was on patrol on the Barnes Common area which again is uh, T Division lovely summer's afternoon and walking or patrolling across the uh, common ground and uh, being a man always looking out for things and I uh, saw a beautiful young lady lying on the or laying down on the grass reading a book so I thought well you know goodwill and everything else you know sort of police uh, police nature go and have a chat with her so as I approached her, I noticed that from behind a tree there was a pair of legs covered in trousers. The young girl looked up and I said, uh, good afternoon, or good morning, whatever it was now, and she said something which was in foreign language, which I subsequently found out was Swedish. And uh, I said to her, I said, do you know you've got someone behind the bushes possibly looking at you? And she said in sort of pigeonings, yes, he's been there for some time now. Well, I told her not to panic, and I moved around the back of the tree, sure enough, there's this chap lying on the grass looking in the direction of this young lady. So I called him up to his feet and asked him what he was doing. He said that um, he was just trying to make friends with the young lady. I thought there's no harm in that. With that, I asked him to turn his pockets out. 
He turned his pockets out and um, in his possession was an envelope with his name on it, or a name, and subsequently worked out his name, and HMS Prisons um, Wandsworth. So I asked him, is this him? He said, yes. I said, when were you released? He said, yesterday. I said, where's your release form and everything else? No, I haven't got one. They don't do it. Well, I knew Julie Well, he had to have a release form. So I summoned help on the personal radio. Within minutes, um, the van had come up. He was detained, taken back to Barnes Police Station. And it worked out that he'd escaped from the mental block. And he was a violent mental prisoner. And uh, that was one of the things. Yeah. Now, uh, did you ever take any part in those ceremonial occasions where the Queen made her appearance? Uh, yes. Uh, well, over the years, and I've been here now since, what, 1966, I've done the majority of the uh, state occasions. Um, on one occasion, I was fortunate enough to, well, the horse was selected to go to Windsor, to the Royal Mews there, for the Queen to peruse over. She was looking for another horse for the trooping. This horse that I had in those days was called Wizard, bay-girding four-year-old. And uh, we duly arrived at the barracks at uh, Windsor, Windsor Castle, with another seven or eight other chaps, mounted policemen, where we performed um, sort of equitation in front of Her Majesty. And then we were all pulled up to the halt and introduced by our chief superintendent uh, to the Queen, who asked a few questions about the horses and um, what we thought of our animal, you know. And then she said, well, thank you very much, but uh, I've chosen something else, so I didn't win that day. <laughs> well, do you find it exciting, though, going out there on the horse? It is exciting. Um, you, you, you know, most, all, all policemen should be vigilant. You're looking out for things. But a, a day like today really makes it worthwhile. You know, you've got something in mind. You know, you know what you're after, whether you get it or not. But as I said earlier on, that's our motto. The Mounted Police always get their man. Um, the general patrol is quite interesting. Um, it's good public relations between the, between the people and the police. You're going along there, so four mile an hour, and you can stop and talk to the old ladies and old gentlemen that live around the back streets that possibly only venture into the high street once a week to get their food and bits and pieces and otherwise they never see anyone or they might see the next door neighbour and you can ask them how they're getting on with their little problems or if they've got any problems and you never know you might be able to help them out you know. And do you ever move the horse in at more than four or five miles an hour? Oh we go into trot, um, go into canter, this is always exciting pace but uh, two or three times a week I try to get him on the soft because he's now what ten year old, a bay gelding He's fit as a fiddle. Now, if I just walked him around the streets continually, he would get bored. So would I. And uh, he needs that extra exercise just to loosen him up, keep the blood circulating, and it keeps him muscled up as well. Um, we sometimes go out to Bayhurst Woods, Ricelip area, and do um, a box patrol, what we call a box patrol, patrol the open ground out there. Again, looking for suspects that, um, you know, that have been up to nonsense and one thing or the other. And again... Um, Whilst you're out there, you've got the open ground, um, there's fallen trees, you can put your horse over a few logs to keep him sort of in the swing of things. Do you find it unusual now, Michael, having grown up in a little townland in County Clare and walked in a forge, to find yourself now here, years later, walking in a forge in the heart of London? I suppose I, I never stop to think about it. Uh, at times I do. <laughs> yes. Yes, I, I do. Well, there, are, there are times I, I'd like to be back again, you know. And uh, But I know that there's no point in going back because uh, I, I couldn't ever do it again. 
I couldn't get uh, get working on it. So it's unlikely now that you will uh, ever live in Ireland. I accept alone. I, I, I wouldn't mind living there uh, if I had a good bit of money. I'd, I'd need a nice car and uh, a nice bungalow and nice and near the sea. And I'd be quite happy with that. But otherwise, if I didn't have those things, I, I don't think I'd bother. Uh, because after a, a number of years here, you get used to the little bit of comfort. Everything is nice and near you, and you you can keep yourself nice and clean. Your clothes and your shoes never get wet much. And it'd be a big change to go back <laughs> and having to get on the Wellingtons again and get out in the, in the wet, you know. When you're comfortably well off here. Well, reasonably, uh, Reasonably, yes. Well, of course, uh, you're married here, Michael. You're settled down. You've got a family in there. Yes, uh, I've got four four children, uh, two boys and two girls. Uh, two girls are the, are the eldest. Uh, my eldest one is uh, 21, and uh, the second one is 20. They're, they're both at the university. Mary Louise, the eldest one, she's she's doing degree nursing at Chelsea University, University of London, Chelsea, and uh, Margaret, the second one, she's at Warwick University, and she's doing uh, she's studying uh, government and politics. And uh, the sick, the third chap, uh, Paul, he's he's doing engineering, printing. And uh, Michael, the youngest, uh, he's forty, and he's going to St. Benedict's at, at Ealing, Benedictine's school. And uh, I don't know yet what he's going to be. Uh, he hasn't made up his mind. I think he, he'd probably like to go in for medicine, I think, maybe. But, but since your family are very much integrated into the English society, Michael, it would be another reason why you'd find it hard to go back to uh, County Clare again. To yes, uproot the whole lot. Yes, I think it would be... Uh, would be very hard to. I'm torn between the two now. Uh, you know, I was I was uh, kind of 100% uh, Irish for for a time, and uh, gradually you find yourself being pulled away uh, towards the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you.